Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Dr. Mark Sasha, Chiropractic Director of Cairo One Wellness Center of Andersonville. Mark is passionate about helping families and individuals. Cairo One believes you should be able to enjoy extraordinary wellness, and the staff at their Andersonville Center wants to help you live a better life free of pain at 5623 North Clark. Welcome, Mark. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Great. Well, why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself and your background and where you're from? Good. So, um, yeah, I'm Dr. Mark. I have a practice in Andersonville, and um, I like to share a little bit about why chiropractic and why did I get into chiropractic. Um, I've had chiropractic since I've been, it was eight years old, and I started going for asthma. Um, and the way I discovered that was my mother, this is a long time ago in the 70s, my mom was in an auto accident. So she was going to a chiropractor for uh, neck injuries that she had. And he had mentioned that, hey, did you know that chiropractic can help with um, asthma and other things that she wasn't aware of? So she took me, um, and at that time, that was considered like voodoo and witchcraft, right? My dad had a complete meltdown, like, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. And I started to go, and what I found was I needed my inhaler less and less, and I could play, and I could participate, and do all those you know fun things that kids should do. My brother, who also had asthma, was, was terrified of the world. I mean, like bees, cliffs, you know, every, any loud noise, <laughs> anything like that. He's, he's afraid of a lot of things. So he wouldn't go because he was afraid to get adjusted. And his asthma stayed the same and mine changed, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously there's many different reasons of, of how asthma it, it affects people and what can trigger it. But I, I really felt that there was a difference with that. So I had been going my entire life. Um. Were you drawn to chiropractic care then as a potential profession? That's pretty young to know. Okay. Yeah. um, Surprisingly, film um, was always, you know, my passion. And that's what I went to school for. And I worked in the film industry in L.A. for quite a while. Um, I was a business analyst for a while and programmer. So I like that kind of stuff. And when I when I finally worked on my last film, it was such a stressful job, rewarding, but extremely stressful. I just thought, okay, this is the last film I'm working on. What can I do to really serve people? Um, and I would, you know, th- think about my job working in production as, um, you know, I try to find a way to justify that. Like, how is this benefiting humanity? And I would think it's like, well, escape- escapism is is one way that to benefit people, right? That de-stresses them and stuff. But that, to me, that was kind of a superficial was this way of telling myself. So I was driving uh, down Los Feliz Boulevard in Los Angeles, and I turned and looked and saw a chiropractic college. I'm like, hey. I've been going to the chiropractor for years. I can totally do that. So I, I just walked right in and I'm like, hey, I want to start. And um, little did I know it was going to be a lot more challenging than like, I can totally do that. And um, so I literally quit my job right after I, two weeks after I bought a house and, uh, you know, started doing the prereqs. And then, you know, seven years and four months later, um, having to get a bachelor's first and go to grad school, then I became a chiropractor. Wow, yeah, what a journey. journey. Yeah. yeah, and what brought you to Chicago? Um, I have family in Milwaukee. Yeah, and I had uh, when my mom uh, you know, moved from L.A. to um, Milwaukee to be with her family because she got sick. So I knew that I, I didn't have not really a, a great idea of what, Milwaukee, or what Chicago was like, but I knew what Milwaukee was like. And while bless its little heart, I couldn't live there, <laughs> right? So I decided to come to Chicago. Yeah. Well, Dr. Mark, why don't we start with the basics? What is a chiropractor? And can you tell us more about the history of chiropractic care? Yeah, good question. So let's start with the history first. Um, 
if you look at um, cultures in the past in in history, there's always been some form of manual medicine, whether that you know is a form of massage or what we'll say bone setting or someone who manipulates the spine or the muscles in a certain way. Um, you know, ancient cultures knew that um, there was a relationship between how well the body moves is also how well the body operates. You know that. Um, if you're functioning better, you're less likely to have issues um, with anything, right? So chiropractic was somewhat rediscovered in, um, in oh my God, I'm totally going to get the date wrong, but it was in the late 1800s. And um, there was a gentleman, he was a, a cleaning person, a janitor, who uh, had a hearing loss. And he described an, an accident that he was in to the doctor that he was working for. And the doctor said, oh, hey, you heard a pop in your neck when you lost your hearing. Let's manipulate your neck and see if we can get that hearing to come back. And lo and behold, he did that. And his hearing cleared up. So they knew at that time, it's like, well, there must have been, there's got to be something about, about this. You know, it, it can't be coincidental. So that doctor um, started to um, research and determine, it's like, hey, you know what protects the nervous system is the spine and the skeleton. So if we allow that to not interfere with what's going on in your body and you can heal yourself, you're less likely to have stuff. So that's really how chiropractic developed. You know, this is an interesting story. Um, what was the other question? I totally forgot. Well, yeah, I think that leads into uh, leads really well into another question of like, what does a chiropractic adjustment do for the body? Because okay. I think, you know, people might think of it as just like one noise or one crack, but yeah. like there is uh, such a... Uh, a larger effect than that. So can you kind of explain that? And then what are some conditions that um, chiropractic care can treat? Okay, yeah, good questions, right? So when we talk about um, what chiropractors do, chiropractors are the only doctors that um, can detect and remove subluxation. And subluxation is, um, think of it like sub means less, right? And luxation is like position. So it's not like a dislocation, it's less than that, right? So when vertebrae move out of place, they shift and that can put pressure on the spinal cord that is housed within the vertebrae and there's also nerves that exit the the spine that go to everything you know they go to every single cell organ and tissue in your whole entire body right so if there's pressure on those nerves it's almost like having a faulty cell phone signal for instance right and it would be something like hey dr mark i'm gonna meet you at a clock and the corner of and we'll have a like, I, are we having a margarita? Are we at Starbucks? Where Where are you? What are we? What's going on? Right? Can you hear me now? Right? Exactly. Starbucks so, has margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, no, I finally go there. Um, but you know, so imagine that. Imagine that your brain can't communicate well with your body parts. Right? So that can absolutely cause skeletal muscular pain. Right? And and that's something that chiropractors are known for. I think we're we're somewhat known as like the low back doctors. Right? Um, and we have that reputation because we're good at fixing that particular thing. But we also work on a lot more. You know what I mean? When we talk about conditions, um, let me ask you this question. If your body is functioning better, are you more likely or less likely to have anything? Less right? likely. Yeah. So it's okay. ob obvious, right? I get nervous when, like, you know, it's a test. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't study, right? So no no worries on that. So so think about that. Now, now that's to say, with an adjustment, I can't cure your diabetes, but I can tell you that if your brain is communicating better with your pancreas, regardless of anything, you're more likely to thrive than not, right? So as long as the communication's there, you have the ability to reach your full potential. Whether that happens or not, we can't ever guarantee that, right? So my job is to look at the root cause of anything that's going on and see, can I 
allow your body to operate more efficiently? And will that put you over a threshold where things can possibly get better for you? Okay. And how do chiropractors relieve pain from injuries or accidents? That's a, yeah, a very good question. Um, because we are, you know, we are, we do work on the skeletal muscular system. So we get everything from auto accidents to, you know, pregnancy and dealing with low back pain because you're carrying a, a baby in your tummy. And, um, well, we know anatomically, anatomically, that's not correct, but ever you're carrying a baby in front of you. Right. So, um, I believe it's your uterus, right? Exactly. We can totally say that on, on, a, on a podcast. It's allowed. Um, if you, if you think about it, there's a few things that can go into that, right? So we can have a muscular issue where you have a spasm, for instance, the muscles stuck in contraction for whatever reason. That contraction can pull bones out of place, right? So now you have this cyclical thing, right, where the muscle's causing a bone problem, the bone's causing a muscle problem. We need to break that chain, right? So if we work on the soft tissue while we're also adjusting you, which is slowly moving that bone closer to its approximate you know, normal position, then you're going to feel better. Right. And you said your mother had a car accident. Mm -hmm. That's what led her to a chiropractor. Yeah. Did she go to a chiropractor right away or did she kind of suffer a bit before she sought treatment? She did um, have some issues for a while. And um, I don't think she really knew about chiropractic so much other than there was a chiropractor across the street. So it was one of those things like, hey, Eureka, I think I should go over the, to that guy over there. You know, and then, you know, they would do like traction, for instance, to help restore the cervical curve in her neck and, um, and really help her out. Mm hmm. People probably come to you in pain mm -hmm. a lot. What what can people expect from their first visit, whether or not they're kind of in the midst of um, a, a crisis or some pain or if they're just coming for preventative care? Um, that's also a good question, too. So when a patient comes in and they have something like, oh, I've got some neck pain, I can't turn my head a certain way, or I, or I get a lot of times um, I slept funny. Um, which is always really ironic to me because sleep should be the most benign, you know, mm -hmm. a healing, healthy, recuperative thing in the whole world. And if sleep is messing you up, then we got a problem, right? Um, so when they come in, of course, I want to address, you know, their chief complaint. Whatever is whatever drove them into the office is certainly important to them. They took time out of their day to come to me, right? Um, so I want to address that. What I also want to look at is that, well, what other stuff is going on with you that um, may be related to your nervous system that we should look at, right? We don't want to miss an opportunity to get someone to thrive and reach their full potential because we're just focusing on one area. Um, of course, I want to try to reduce their symptoms as fast as possible. Um, with adjustments, that tends to happen fairly quickly. Of course, everybody's different, right? Um, when we talk about long-term stuff, some patients can say, wow, my neck is more sore now than it was last week. And if you think about it, if we're getting your body to do something correctly that it hasn't done for quite a while, there may be some resistance to that, right? So along the way, there's a possibility that you could feel sore, um, just like if you learned a new workout routine, right? So that new workout routine can challenge those muscles. We know um, that that is a healthy thing that we did, even though there may be an increase of symptoms for short term, but the outcome of that is gonna be awesome, right? You're less likely to have those things if everything's working the right way, okay? And I read there are you know, around 300 ways to adjust the body. Can yeah. you walk us through some of those ways? Sure, um, you'll, you'll need to get on the table first. And I'll, I'll, yeah. um, <laughs> I was gonna say all 299, yeah. you know them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I know all of them but one. Um, <laughs> there are many techniques, you know, because people respond differently to different things, for instance, you know, I'm not going to, 
adjust an 85-year-old lady the same way that I would adjust a 17-year-old football player in high school. You know what I mean? It's like he can probably take a little more challenge on his skeletal muscular system than that person. I'm certainly going to change the way I adjust, um, you know, an expecting mom. You know, I want to make sure that she gets what she needs. That's going to be easy delivery for her, that her pelvis is the right way. So everything happens quickly and fast and painless as possible. Um, so all of those techniques are different. So we have to tailor that to an individual need, right? There's also some fear sometimes that comes around in adjustment. You know, when people see that I have their hands on another patient's neck, that might be a freak out moment. Like, oh my God, this is a Steven Seagal moment. Are they going to make it? Um, and, you know, so based off of the, the patient's comfort, we need to find a way to accomplish the same thing, um, but allow them to feel like they're in a comfortable space and respected. Okay. I was really struck by what you said about sleep and how it's supposed to be, you know, one of the most restorative things that we do every day. And just mm -hmm. from your experience and your knowledge and expertise, um, is there one thing that you would offer to people who don't have that experience with sleep, which I feel like is more you hear about more frequently that people have horrible sleep? Yeah. The first advice would be to get some. Right. If when we when we have busy lives and we're multitasking and we're doing everything and trying to navigate the world as it is today, where we draw from the checkbook is from our sleep checkbook, right? And then we we even boast about it. You know, I, I noticed that people tend to boast about pain tolerance and then the lack of sleep that they get. Why well, only get like four hours of sleep and I'm fine? It's like, well, are you really fine right now? And how long is that going to last? And is that cognitive decline that you have going to affect you in a negative way, right? So same thing with pain scale. I can take lots of pain. It's like, oh, you can ignore your body. That's awesome, you know, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, we should get a, a proper amount. And, and that varies for people, right? So between eight and nine hours is what I recommend. Um, position is super important, right? So if you sleep on your back and you, you have a good pillow that supports your neck and you've got something under your lumbar spine, your low back to support you, and maybe something under your knees, you're going to be in a perfect ergonomic position. Now, sleep is a very subjective thing too, right? It's a ritual. So if you're used to you know sleeping like a weird bird in a nest, it's like obviously to, to learn how to sleep with proper form, it's going to take some time, right? We have to kind of get you into that habit. Mm -hmm. That thing. So ergonomics are important, but um, the volume of doing that is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Should we be sleeping with socks or no? I like to sleep with socks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really, you know, matters too much, to be honest with you. You know, um, I, I, it's funny that you brought that up that I was um, in Green Bay and I read an article in the Green Bay Press Gazette. And it was a doctor who had talked about that if you put a bar of soap in your sheets, um, at night when you sleep, that it reduces your restless leg syndrome, which I thought was interesting. That is not recommended, FYI. Um, but I'm like, I was like, well, sleeping with socks, putting soap in your bed, you know, I don't think it really matters <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> and do you see infants and children as well? Yes, absolutely. It's, if you think about, well, let me ask you this. When do you think that, when's the first trauma you, you ever experience? when you know in your life do you think i mean birth yeah right you know what i mean it's like we, we tend to focus on you know um mom right you know and i mean it's like obviously a traumatic experience it's a stressful experience lots of hormones and stuff going on but we also have to think of the baby right so 
especially with modern intervention, when we talk about forceps and suction and C-sections, it's like they're not, none of that is gentle coming into the world. It's like you're thrust upon this planet, right? And um, if you think about that, it's like such a delicate structure too, right? So I adjust everything from infants to, to the elderly, like I said. My record uh, was when I was in LA, I adjusted one of my patients on the 23rd of December. I flew back here for Christmas. She delivered on Christmas. So I'm like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Um, and then recently, it was last fall, I had a patient come in for the appointment at 9.30. She delivered at 11.30. Wow. So I can't get much closer than that unless I'm in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure I'm like, ah, I'll skip that part. But, uh, you know, so it's like I want to adjust them as, as fast as possible. So we'll, we'll adjust, um, you know, expecting moms and infants, right? And then all the way up to elderly people. You host Meet the Doctor events in Andersonville, and what can someone expect from attending one of those events? Um, well, the first thing is good food, because we have a lot of good food in Andersonville. I mean, we're aligned with them, all good restaurants, in my opinion. And do you change the location? I know mm -hmm. you're at Reza's. Yeah, we do. Lady Gregory's, yeah. Octivo, um, Reza's, too. It I guess it depends on what I'm hungry for at the, <laughs> at the moment, right? Um I want patients to feel, or even potential patients, or just people in the community to feel comfortable, right? So I never want it to be, it's not about sales, it's about education, right? Um, I know that if I serve the public well, and I'm a champion for, you know, um, conservative health care, that we're all going to win, you know what I mean? So it's really about having a conversation. And it is, you know, what's going on in your life um, that's troubling you? And is there a possibility of um, us being able to help you? And if I can't, let me help you guide you in the right direction to help resolve whatever that is that's going on. Okay. And then there's lots of food and I think it's fun. Yeah. Cairo mm -hmm. One launched a Be Well blog in 2017. Tell us more about what folks can read on this blog. I love, um, I love that blog. Um, we've been doing something like that daily for years and we've kind of rebranded it as the Be Well blog just to contain more content and everything from, you know, are there toxins in your household? Um, are, what are some tips for sleeping? You know what I mean? How do you sit when you're studying? You know what I mean? Um, what kind of vitamins and nutrients should you be getting? So when we look at chiropractic, we need to, again, look at the whole person. Um, patients to me aren't parts, you know, just cause you have neck pain doesn't mean your, your neck didn't drag itself in here. Right. So we have to make sure that the whole system is working properly. That gets difficult um, to to kind of give that message to every patient every day. So that's why we produce that blog. Um, we have a lot of non-patients who read that all the time because there's valuable information on there. Um, I think what can be confusing right now is that there's so much content everywhere, wherever you look, you know, and uh, whether that's like from Netflix to Hulu to Amazon to even reading about, you know, health blogs and Dr. Google and all those different you know medical sites, it can be so confusing and what we do is we vet that information. So we make sure that everything that we put on there is well-researched and is the most current um, of the knowledge that we can have at a time. So people feel like they have a, an authority and an expert taking a look at that that is you know, not something they just read on Google that might be trying to sell them, selling them something. Okay. We talk a lot about our health and wellness businesses and their connection to Andersonville and just living in this neighborhood or working here or, um, you know, having it be a go-to place for them and their quality of life mm -hmm. of being in such a walkable kind of bustling urban district with so many resources and services at their fingertips. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you enjoy Andersonville in the neighborhood and 
um, maybe even some of your personal self-care practices? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me start. I, I moved from Calabasas, which um, I think, unfortunately, people know now because the Kardashians live there and Denise Richards. Just, I mean, it's just kind of like a, a celebrity area of um, LA. And that's that's where I used to live. So I went from Calabasas to Lawrence and Sheridan in Uptown, which was a little bit of a culture shock for me. You know what I mean? Um, when I looked on the on an app to find out where a grocery store was, it told me to go to JJ Pepper's. So I thought that was like, I'm like, oh my God, this is a grocery store? Really? Where did I move? And, <laughs> and um, so I didn't know anything about Andersonville at all. And uh, the person I was renting a, a room for me at the time said, hey, let's go up to Andersonville and get breakfast. And they acted like it was light years away. You know, I thought we're going to be on a, we're going to be in the car for a while. And it literally is just like a mile, not even a mile. Right. And then there was this like super cool, interesting little neighborhood. And I'm like, this is where I want my practice to be. Um, with Cairo one, we were expanding at the time and it was somewhat, uh, Cairo one also has their own private residency. So whether you've been in practice for 20 years, whether you're right out of school, you still go through their private residency period. They demand excellence. They need to make sure that you're a qualified, great doctor, right? So depending on when you get out of that residency and what clinic is opening up, you could be anywhere. And I, all I knew is that I wanted Andersonville, period. There's no doubt about it. And I knew that there were all these people in front of me that were also graduating and the clinic was going to open up. There was a series of events that occurred where, um, unfortunately, our copper pipes were stolen when we were under construction, so delayed construction. They installed the wrong carpet color, so it delayed the construction. The sign couldn't go on. So literally everything happened where that clinic was delayed a year, and I wound up getting it. And that's all I wanted was that clinic. Um, I love this neighborhood. Um, I used to live on Farragut, and I live up by Sen High School, so technically I'm in Edgewater now. Um, but uh, and, and my motivation for that was I want to stay in Harry Osterman's district. So it's like I'm still there, you know what I mean, because I think he's such a great alderman. Um but this area is, um, you know, dear to my heart. When people talk about exploring Chicago, I usually don't know what they're talking about. Like I was even t talking earlier, it's like, I know where Pilsen is generally. I've never been there. I don't leave the neighborhood. You know what I mean? The furthest I go is Target up on Peterson. You know what I mean? I like stay in the area. It's like, because I like it so much. And living by Sun, you have that built-in green space with that beautiful building. It's amazing. It's just like such a magical mm -hmm. like little pocket to live right there. Yeah. And I really do enjoy and it. And it's still walkable to, yeah. to get to Andersonville. Um, I certainly did, you know, love living on Farragut and just walking right to the strip and going to restaurants and stuff. That was great. You know, it was really great. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty magical area for sure. I don't see myself living anywhere else in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Well, this might be hard for you to choose, but which... Andersonville business would you like to trade places with for a day oh man that is hard um there's so many you know, the interesting thing is that there's so many great places along here that I feel connected with you know um and I've I've built relationships with them you know what I mean like I don't know if I can pick one but I've decided like Piotr the, the guys at Piotr Pronto they're so genuinely nice. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, I can't say enough about them. It's like w when my mom did pass, it's like they were so comforting and like gave me a great big hug and they were like super cool about it. And, you know, um, even Dr. Rasa with Big City Optical that's right up there. It's like there are so many good relationships I've built with people that um, it's kind of neat to have that kind of community that we don't have that in L.A. You know what I mean? It's such a big sprawling city and no one's interested in anybody else but themselves there. 
So it, it, it is difficult to say, I almost want to say candiality because I do like their candy, but, um, <laughs> but not chiropractic is great for you. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say really, I guess I can't pick a favorite. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Mark, for being here. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Cairo One, please visit CairoOne.net. Show notes on today's episode can be found at Andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call Andy at 312-631-9408 or stop by the store for details.